0: Welcome to mini episode 216 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from October the 6th, 2022 and story number one comes from Jen. I've been fascinated by all things paranormal since I can remember. I know there's more to this world than what we can see. But I'm also a sceptic and a lover of all things science. My only paranormal experience that I can't explain away happened when I was eight or nine years old. I am now 37, so this was in the early to mid-90s. I live in the island of Puerto Rico, and my mom, dad, older sister and I travelled to a town called Cabo Rojo to visit some relatives. This town is more isolated and rural, but with beautiful beaches, and is close to a town called Lajas, which has a reputation of being a hotspot for UFO activity. It even has a road called Extraterrestrial Highway by the locals. We were staying at our relative's property, which was a tiny, run-down wooden cabin next to the main house. The cabin used to belong to an old lady that had recently passed away, so instantly it gave me the creeps. It consisted of a small kitchen, living room area, bathroom and a tiny bedroom. My mom and dad took the bedroom and left my sister and I to sleep together in a bed located in the living room. The first night, we went to sleep as normal, but I awoke at some point in the middle of the night, I was facing the wall when I opened my eyes, but I could see as if someone had left a light on or turned on a lamp. I thought my mom had gone to the kitchen and left something on, so I looked towards the kitchen since I could see it from my bed. What I saw stayed with me all of these years. Standing at the foot of the bed was what I can only describe as a glowing humanoid being. I could see the outline of a head, shoulders, arms and torso but the legs were not visible as they were behind the bed frame. It didn't have any discernible facial features but I knew it was watching us. It completely glowed with a yellowish light that was as best as I can describe. Self-contained as it didn't light up the whole room. I was petrified. I felt as if my heart was going to jump out of my chest. I didn't want to let it know that I was awake and that I saw it, so I very slowly turned my body to the other side and tried to wake my sister. I poked her back but she wasn't waking up. I eventually gave up and thought, this is it, I'm getting abducted by an alien and my sister won't even notice because it's making her sleep. I accepted my fate and very slowly turned back towards the wall. It was still standing there, not moving, when I covered myself with my blanket. I don't know how but I fell asleep and when I opened my eyes again it was daylight. I told my parents about what I saw in the morning and they just brushed it off as parents do, but I made sure they left the lights on that night. I've never known what this was or what it wanted. My first thought was that it was possibly alien but now I'm not so sure. I think this in a way fueled my obsession with ghost stories, maybe trying to find an answer as to what it was. I'm always on the lookout for people who may have had similar experiences but haven't had much luck. Jen, this this has been very stressful. This was a very stressful story to read and to visualise and I'm not happy about it. Uh, Especially, you know, you're going to a place that has a road called Extraterrestrial Highway. What a nice little nickname by the locals. That's not ominous at all. On 1st glance at this story you might think that it was like a sleep paralysis episode but clearly you were able to move you were awake you tried to wake your sister she wasn't waking up so you turned back over and the thing was still there this wasn't like a blink and you'll miss it kind of situation I mean maybe it maybe it was an alien an extraterrestrial whatever it was but there have been quite a number of stories on this podcast about like glowing kind of shadow figures maybe is the best way to describe them So light figures that don't really have any discernible facial features that are just there milling around watching humans as they sleep. Which is exactly as bad as it sounds. And I always come back to the question of why or what do they want? What's what's the point? What is the point in milling around scaring small children at night time by watching them sleep? Please, somebody explain to me what is the point. I do not get it. I don't understand. At least with aliens, when they're abducting people, at least you know, hey, they're abducting people because they, you know, are looking to do experiments. They want to find out about the more, more about the human race, whatever it is. I don't know. But there's a reason for it. With these shadow people just standing around watching people, it's not a vibe. And story number two comes from Stephanie. I was just listening to Day 5 of your 31 Days of Terror 2022. The story given by Stephanie was interesting because I had a similar experience when my cousin passed away. Except for having a dream about it, I was awake. I was walking home from the school bus one day and my dad passed me as he was coming home from work. I waved and smiled at him and he usually returned the gesture, this time he did not. I thought that maybe he was in a bad mood, so I decided to go to my friend's house instead of going straight home. My friend was in the school choir, and they were having a concert that night. She asked if I wanted to go, and we went to ask her grandma if I could join. She said I might not want to, and I should probably go home first. I thought that was weird, but I did as she suggested. While I was walking down our dirt road, I had the overwhelming panic come over me, and I stopped to close my eyes and catch my breath. As I did, images of my cousin popped into my head. Weird, I didn't really know him all that well as we lived a couple of states away and only visited every few years or so. I had just seen him that last Christmas, but that was almost a year prior and I hadn't really thought of him since. But that panic was still there and I knew something was wrong with him. I got home to an unusually quiet house. The living room TV was on and my parents were in their room speaking in hushed voices. I sat down and stared at the TV but not really hearing what was being said. The panic was growing with every minute that I waited for what I somehow knew was coming. My parents finally came out and my mom's face was red and stained with tears. She told me my cousin died from a car accident. When she told me his name I just stood there. My panic was starting to subside, knowing I was right and that my suspicions were confirmed. I didn't know how to feel. I went to the funeral with my dad It was just us and it was a real bonding experience. Fast forward four years later. I was a summer nanny for my aunt who lived about 150 miles away from our late cousin's house. My younger sister was asked to go there and watch the youngest at the time. She was doing good all summer until just about a week before we were set to return home. One day she was home alone with our cousin and just playing outside. Her stuff was downstairs by the room our late cousin had called his own. When she went back down later that day, she saw all her stuff was thrown out of her suitcase and scattered all over the room. She first accused my uncle of going through her stuff, but when she realised it couldn't have been him, she freaked out. She called me and asked if we could trade spots for the rest of the summer. When I got to my uncle's house, I was put in the same room that she had stayed in. All was quiet for a day or two. One night I was up a bit later than everyone else and was watching a paranormal show. I guess I was asking to be scared, knowing what my sister had just gone through. Suddenly the door to the laundry room slammed shut. Then again, and again, and again I was freaked. I went to see what was happening and saw the door open and latch shut over and over again. I saw a glow coming from my younger cousin's room and saw that she was still awake watching a movie. I asked her if she could help me figure out what was going on. She first said it was the cat, but when I pointed out that the door was latching shut each time, she calmly told me that it was just her dead brother. Okay, well, at least she's okay with it. I decided that it was time for a new show that was bright and cheerful. When I decided I was brave enough, I went downstairs for bed and said out loud that I knew my cousin was there, that I loved him, but please don't fuck with me. Everything was quiet for the rest of my stay. To this day, people still see his ghost. They have since had another kid who is nine now. He is basically a twin of his brother. He has seen his brother's ghost. My late cousin is a prankster, but it's also comforting to know that he is still around to make sure his family is doing okay. Okay, where are my scientists out there? Where are my scientists? Get your lab coats, because look, I I know I like to pretend you know I, I'm a drama queen but me putting on a white lab coat even though I've got one upstairs randomly it does not a scientist make I'll put on the coat but I won't know what to do next you know I'll just be looking at you going well what now I've put the coat on how do you how do you science anyway I want to know why people are having these experiences when somebody dies and they don't know that somebody has died like why Why did Stephanie get that feeling of something has happened to my cousin and then something did indeed happen to that cousin? Like why did that happen? I love that your sister was like look I'm not dealing with all this ghostly bullshit so we're swapping places okay I don't care if you get eaten alive by a demon or whatever I am just not going to have an uncomfortable summer. It's not going to happen. And look maybe he was coming back to let the family know that he was okay to pull some pranks, make himself known and i guess if it brings the family closure that's the main thing. And story number 3 comes from Molly and i'd like to say that Molly if that's not how you want it to be known i'm really sorry. Um i know that you signed off the email saying just call me Molly but i i sort of was I don't know. I don't know if you wanted to be called Molly or your actual name, so if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry. I grew up in a family of women who occasionally discussed paranormal experiences. Multiple types of connections, and I used to laugh at them all behind their backs. Occasionally, a new story would be brought up at a family Christmas party, and I'd be the kid rolling their eyes and pretending to induce vomiting because I thought they were all crazy. Yeah, I was that kid. I started to believe some of their stories when I witnessed experiences with them. So many little stories that it would be hard to recall them all, but I will highlight the main ones. I grew up in Chicago, not far from the serial killer John Wayne Gacy's house. He was a murderer of boys and young men that was sexually motivated, and he buried them in the space underneath his house. In my family, I'm one of five kids. I have two older brothers and two younger sisters who are twins. Apparently in 1970 my brothers were involved in Boy Scouts of America and it is mostly run by parents of the kids and a handful of volunteers. John Gacy was a home remodeling contractor and also dressed as a clown at events. He also volunteered at many organisations including the Boy Scouts. When my brothers initially got involved in the Boy Scouts, John Gacy wasn't always around the group. But when they were planning their Halloween party and Halloween Haunted House event, He came onto my radar. He wanted to be included inside as Scary Pogo the Clown. I guess in the past he was allowed to participate. As my brothers were in their boy scout meeting, my little sisters and I went with my mom to the planning committee for this big Halloween house event. When John Gacy stood up and talked about his participation in the event and how his team would volunteer and build the walls for the maze, my mother abruptly got upset and said no. My mother wasn't a person to stand up and talk at meetings but she felt bad vibes off John Wayne Gacy and wanted to be polite but also stop his involvement. It caused a lot of problems in the meeting and my mom started yelling and getting very agitated. Even Gacy tried to smooth her over and said why would she want to stop a good thing and my mom said, why are you here? Why aren't you home with your wife and kids? Why do you want to be around these young boys? I was around 11 years old and it was so awkward to be in that room especially when she confronted his motivation. He tried to laugh it off and tell everyone that he was there to help the boys earn merit badges on building and constructing everything and that he always had jobs for the kids when they are older. To the non-intuitive, this made him look like a nice guy, but it only freaked my mom out. She became rude and told him to go home to his wife and kids. The meeting was ended and we went home. The whole car ride home, my father tried to quietly talk to my mom about her bad behavior at the meeting. John is such a nice guy, he only wants to help the kids, was what my dad was trying to convince my mom. My mom said, no, he is evil. This conversation continued throughout the night, and the next day it became very heated, and my mom kept saying, why is he at a Boy Scout meeting and volunteering when he has two daughters and a wife at home? What could be his motivation? My mom also said he was shrouded in blackish-grayish-brownish colours and she kept hearing an inner voice of warning that was so huge that she described it as an internal shouting. My father respected my mom's good feelings, that's what they called it at the time, and left the argument alone. The following week, guess who showed up again with the intention of getting my mom on his side? He approached her and basically said something along the lines of, I don't know what I did to make you hate me so much, but I am a nice guy and I want to be friends. Again, he did it in front of a bunch of people and was quite charming. Even to me as a young girl, I felt like my mom was being harsh. The whole group of other parents basically backed John and were trying to peer pressure my mom into dropping her argument. Big mistake for John because it made her all the more suspicious. And she kept asking, why would a grown man with his own family want to be around a bunch of young boys? Go home to your wife and daughters, John. He even approached my father and asked if my eldest brother Tom would work with him and his crew on jobs this summer at an above average pay rate. He said he would help my dad work on a sewage line construction project that my dad was fixing outside of our home. But my mom told him, no way, he just wants to get close to Tom and to get me to accept him. Again, more arguments between my parents because my dad never did this pipe work before and would have loved the help from someone experienced in that kind of work. In the end, my mom prevailed and he was not in the haunted house, but it sadly made her the butt of jokes in our community as being a little crazy. Years later, he was found out. The reason I'm telling you this story is because there was a story you talked about in which a psychic who went up to a random stranger in a bar and proceeded to tell them stuff. You basically crapped all over them, but what you don't understand is that I've had many experiences with many senses involved, and I know that sometimes the inner voice, I call it my inner angel, is so loud and pushy that you can't stop from being impulsive and might say something odd or weird, similar to my shy mother at that Boy Scout meeting. Also, when a spirit wants to communicate with a loved one, they look for the best signal to transfer the message, similar to the internet. Unfortunately, at different periods of my life, my personal internet is the best out there and I have a lot of people wanting to tell their loved ones messages. It goes against the grain of my being able to talk to people about this stuff because of how awkward it can be taken. It also reminds me of my mom and her steadfast NO by listening to her inner voice and how she stood up loud and strong and she was labelled kind of crazy in our community. I was always a non-believer making jokes and mocking my mom and relatives but once I hit 17 years old I slowly connected in similar ways but even more expansive. So if I was in a bar with friends and a spirit is literally screaming and pushing through me and the only way I can get the fucker to stop is to communicate with her loved one, I pick awkward over being harassed any time. Thankfully, my husband has experienced a little of what I experienced. Oh, I know that this won't have happened, but I would love for every single member of your community to have gone and knocked on your mom's door after everything came out about John Wayne Gacy and said, I'm really sorry that I thought you were crazy. I'm really sorry. But I can only assume that after it all came out, conversations were had where people were like, do you remember how against him being involved in the Boy Scouts that woman was? I guess I'm just glad that your dad listened, even though, you know, initially he was like talking about her bad behavior and there was an argument about it. I'm glad that he was like, okay, I I get it. I get that you have these feelings and these intuitions and we're just we're just going to roll with it. And I guess I just want to make, make something really clear. So I'm not a psychic. I don't have any psychic tendencies or capabilities, nothing at all. So I don't understand what it feels like to be in that situation. I can't empathize. I don't know what it feels like to have a person come through or feel that need to give somebody a message. I don't know what that feels like. I also want to make it really clear that I don't judge anybody who is psychic like i have people in my immediate family who are practicing psychic mediums uh only the other day i spent a a, quite an extended period of time with a woman who was a police officer and now is a since she's retired is properly exploring her gift of being a psychic medium so i i you know i've been around psychics and psychic mediums a considerable amount and i think Maybe me coming across as like crapping all over people who uh, give messages to loved ones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, probably comes from some pretty intense and traumatic experiences that have come from well-meaning people in the last couple of years. So that's like I'm just being honest. You know, I'm I'm not trying to be I'm I'm not trying to be a uh, super defensive the last thing I want is for anybody listening to this podcast to feel as though they're being judged or to feel as though I'm I'm trying to take the piss or have a pop at them because I understand that people see sharing their stories as sharing their stories to a safe space so if it did come across that I was kind of shitting all over people's abilities or people's need to give messages or whatever then I apologize for that um definitely comes from a place of my own negative experiences with it and I need to be more mindful of that thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you to Jen Stephanie and Molly for sending in your stories remember the last story came from October the 6th 2022 and if you would like to send in your story you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststories podcast at com. you can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and if you are desperate for extra content you can subscribe to patreon that is patreon.com forward slash real ghost stories where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free and on that note i shall see you next time